end. This is the end of our of our dear church sermon series, our, our journey through through Paul's letter to to the Romans. We've been been trying in this series to receive Paul's word for us as a church right now, living in the context of today, difficult, trying times. So over the past couple of months, we've heard from Paul that that we are unfaithful, but God is faithful. We've heard that we are seriously, seriously loved. We've heard that we are dead and alive. We've heard that serving God is true freedom. We've heard that, that we are a tug of war, but Jesus rescues us at the end of our ropes. We've heard that we live in the Spirit. We've heard that we are God's children. We've heard that God understands our groans. We've heard that we are all preachers. Today, to wrap up our series, Paul tells us this. Dear church, we are a living sacrifice. We are a living sacrifice. Let us pray. God, open our hearts to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that you would grow us and transform us, so that we might bear fruit for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So our scripture reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12. Listen for God's word. So, brothers and sisters, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. Because of the grace that God gave me, I can say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be reasonable, since God has measured out a portion of faith to each one of you. We have many parts in one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. In the same way, though there are many of us, we are one body in Christ, and individually we belong to each other. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace that has been given to us. If your gift is prophecy, you should prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If your gift is encouragement, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do it with no strings attached. The leader should lead with passion. The one showing mercy should be cheerful. Love should be shown without pretending. Hate evil and hold on to what is good. Love each other like members of your family. Be the best at showing honor to each other. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Be on fire in the spirit as you serve the Lord. Be happy in your hope. Stand your ground when you're in trouble and devote yourselves to prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people and welcome strangers into your home. Bless people who harass you. Bless and don't curse them. Be happy with those who are happy and cry with those who are crying. Consider everyone as equal and don't think that you are better than anyone else. Instead, associate with people who have no status. Don't think that you're so smart. Don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with evil actions, but show respect for what everyone else believes is good. 
If possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. Don't try to get revenge for yourselves, dear friends. Don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I'm just guessing here, but I bet most of us don't typically deal with sacrifices on altars. The language of sacrifice beyond, you know, just giving up something or, or going without something is, is pretty foreign to us. Uh, you probably don't have a, a dedicated table in your garage or, or somewhere where you offer burnt offerings of animals or grain or bread. At least I hope not. I'm not going to check, but I'm, ass- I'm going to assume that. But the language and the practice of, of sacrifice was a big part of the story of Israel. From early on in its history, God's people offered to God various sacrifices in the tabernacle or, or the temple. There were five different offerings or, or sacrifices. Some required, some voluntary. Burnt offerings, grain offerings, peace offerings, purification offerings, and guilt offerings. And the whole point of this sacrificial system was to maintain and nurture Israel's relationship with God despite the polluting effects of sin in order that God might dwell with God's people and in order God's people might reflect God's nature to the rest of the world. Of course, as as followers of Jesus, we... We believe that Jesus, in love, became the ultimate sacrifice for our sins, rendering the sacrificial system obsolete. We stand redeemed in the eternal presence of God through Christ and incorporated into God's family. And yet, Paul says we are to be living sacrifices. An oxymoron, to be sure, if you really think about it. A living sacrifice. Now, what does it mean, living sacrifice? What is clear is that when Paul says we're to be living sacrifices, in no way is he, is he claiming that we are somehow to try and, and appease God, deal with our own sin, purify ourselves so that somehow we make it so God will be willing to live with us. No, it's more like offering all we have and all we are to God as a way to say thank you. It's a sacrifice of thanksgiving and obedience, a whole life, a whole life worship. Actually, a sacrifice of thanksgiving was one of the peace offerings that Israel practiced. It was a total voluntary offering offered by the worshiper on those occasions when he or she was motivated to express thanksgiving to God because, God, because of God's mercy and faithfulness. The offering was a, ga- was a lamb or a goat and unleavened bread. And unlike some other sacrifices where everything was burnt up on the altar, altar the, the sacrifice of thanksgiving was shared with the priests, and then the rest of the bread and the meat was eaten by the one making the offering and his or her family, fostering an extended sense of communion and and kinship. So the living sacrifice that Paul describes echoes this thanksgiving offering to God in response to God's mercy and faithfulness. And that's why Paul begins 
if you caught this, that's why he begins by saying, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. In other words, because of everything that Paul has said in his letter up to this point, because God is faithful even when we aren't, because we are given grace and forgiveness and reconciliation, because we are seriously loved and nothing can separate us from that love, because we experience freedom in serving God, because we're made alive in Jesus Christ, because we live in the Spirit, because God hears our groans, because God's promises are for all people, Jew and Gentile alike, and we get to share that good news, because all of that, in light of all of that and more, We're to offer our bodies, plural, as a living sacrifice, singular. Why bodies? Our bodies are the place where everything happens in life. We don't think without a body. We don't choose without a body. We don't work without a body. We don't love without a body. We don't create, dream, feel, cry, laugh. Move here, worship without a body. Everything we think, say, do, we do in a, in a body. Presenting our bodies means being aware, that ev- being aware every moment that our body is the primary place, the primary location where we express our heart, mind, soul, strength. We can look at what we do each day in our bodies And know our inmost values and motives. Every day in all the places we go, all the choices we make, all the things we do, we are presenting our bodies. And gradually accumulating a body of work. So in other words, presenting our bodies is presenting all we have and are. As spirit-empowered obedience to God, as a thank you to God, all of us as as individuals, all of us as individuals taking our everyday, ordinary sleeping, eating, going to work, staying at home to work, dealing with kids' life, and, and placing it alongside one another before God as a collective living offering to say, we, your people, thank you for your mercy. We, your people, thank you for your mercy. And, and we will selflessly and in joyful obedience live your will and ways. Living offering. Because a dead sacrifice can't interact with the world. It cannot love, serve, rejoice, hope, be patient, share, welcome. But a living sacrifice, it can do all that and more. In fact, it's what we're called to do and to be. A living sacrifice of collective obedience to God can actually change the world, especially when it's the shared work of the church. After all, we don't just exist as individuals in our individual bodies, after all. We exist as members of the body of Christ. Paul makes that pretty clear. Now, remember what... what What characterized, part of what characterized the Old Testament Thanksgiving offering was that it was shared. God shared it with the priest who shared it with the worshiper, who shared it with the the worshiper's family. So too with being a living sacrifice and how much more so. It's the vocation, the task of the community of faith. 
And that's really what Paul describes the rest of chapter 12 after he calls us to be living sacrifices. You are a living sacrifice as the church, and here's what that looks like. The living sacrifice happens when we aren't squeezed into the mold of the world but are transformed. The living sacrifice happens when we affirm and strengthen our relationship with God by sharing our different gifts with one another and recognizing that we belong to one another. The living sacrifice happens when the collective body moves into action to do the work of God in the world. Living sacrifice happens when love is shown without pretending, when it's genuine and not for personal gain. Living sacrifice happens when we love each other like members of our family. Living sacrifice happens when we excel and win at showing honor and dignity to each other. Living sacrifice happens when we're on fire for the Lord as we serve God and hold, hold nothing back. It happens when we're cheerfully expectant in, in hope, when we don't quit in hard times but pray all the harder. Living sacrifice happens when, when we help those in need and are creative and open with our hospitality. It happens when we bless our enemies and don't curse them quietly under our breath. It happens when we laugh at our friends when they're happy and shed tears with them when they're sad. It happens when we make friends with those of low status. It happens when we don't hit back or when we discover the beauty in everyone. Living sacrifice happens when we do the hard work of living in peace instead of getting even. Living sacrifice happens when we get the best of evil by doing good. Might it even happen when we choose not to worship close to one another inside of our church space right now? Or wear masks in order to protect the vulnerable from COVID? To be slightly inconvenienced and uncomfortable for the sake of our collective well-being. Might it happen when we actually do the work of justice instead of watching from the sidelines? When we listen and respond to what God is calling us to do because we are responding to God's mercy. A few weeks ago, our sister campus, Wake Forest United Methodist Church, received a, a legacy gift in the amount of $255,000 from a longtime member, David Moody, who recently passed away. It was a totally astounding and surprising gift of, of generosity. I mean, what, what a legacy. And, and what made it even, even more incredible and generous was the fact that it came with absolutely no strings attached. As if to say, here, t take what I have and use it as you see fit. Not my will be done, but yours, God. A, a living thank you, even in his death, that will be shared with many. It reminds me, be, being a living sacrifice means no strings attached with God. Placing ourselves before God with no strings attached. Not hoping for more divine favor, but offering ourselves because we've already received it. Not bargaining for more blessings, but because we've already been blessed beyond measure. And offering to be shared with many. When we lay it down because he laid it down for us. Friends, being a, a living sacrifice is the place that Christian living begins. Christian living doesn't begin with a set of rules, although there are rules. 
It begins with a joyful self-offering of our whole self to the God whose mercy has come all the way to meet us and to rescue us. It embodies the the truth that the world does not revolve around us as individuals. It is the way that we as the church continue the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ right here, right now, where we exist, August 9th, 2020. It is the way we say thank you, thank you to God with with all we have and are. Dear church, we are a living sacrifice. And in view of God's mercy, how could we be anything else? Let us pray. We are no longer our own, but yours. Put us to what you will. Rank us with whom you will. Put us to doing. Put us to suffering. Let us be employed by you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let us be full. Let us be empty. Let us have all things. Let us have nothing. We freely and heartily yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are ours and we are yours. So be it. And the covenant which we have made on earth, let it be fulfilled in heaven. Amen.